When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from howstuffworks.com. Howdy do, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at howstuffworks.com. And my name is Ben Bullen. I'm a video writer here at How Stuff Works, and I'm hanging out, as always, with uh, one of my favorite people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're talking about me, right? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. I mean, Liz yeah. is here, too. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to uh, take a second out, not to be selfish to our listeners who are outside of Georgia, but there's been a very interesting development yeah. in, in local Georgia laws. Well... And it, it may just apply to everyone eventually. Mm-hmm. So w- what is it? Well, that, that's the thing. Like I, I, I kind of struggled over this one a little bit. Yeah. Because should we do this or not? Because if we do go, we go around the world, really. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a huge United States listener listener base. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new super speeder law in Georgia. That it, it, that's what's called the new super speeder law, and it's pretty strict. It's pretty strict, and and we'll find out why it's important to everybody else soon because it really is i mean mm-hmm. stay focused on this one because uh there's there's something coming up that you know maybe things angles that you hadn't really thought about but we're um, throwing some curves yeah this right now is just in georgia and it's called house bill 160 and house bill 160 uh began january 1st 2010 so it's very recent and what this does is it adds 200 dollars to a speeding ticket if you are ticketed at speeding for speeding over 75 or more on any two-lane road in, in Georgia, mm-hmm. or if you're ticketed uh, for traveling at 85 miles per hour or more anywhere in Georgia on any road. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're going over 85 anywhere in Georgia, you get this additional $200 fine. Should the car dealers even have speedometers that go above 85 <laughs> at this point? <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, you know what? I'll be honest. I, and this has only been around for a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. I've consciously been watching my speed to make sure that I'm not traveling above 85 on the freeways. Oh, because, me too, man. Well, I mean, 
that sounds kind of crazy to some people, but it, we travel pretty quickly on the highways around here. Sure. Uh, Michigan was the same way when I lived there, and I'm sure that it's the same way elsewhere. Um, you know, the left lane is 85 and up. It's not, uh, mm-hmm. it's not unusual to see somebody traveling 85 miles per hour. Hopefully, well, the idea is that this will get people to back it off a little bit. Sure. Uh, with the increased fine. It's not, and it's a state fee. It's not, it's not, um, you know, $200 and you're done. It's $200 in addition to. Yes. Oh, you're going to point that out, right? Yeah. But do you I'm know, disagreeing. there's, oh, you are. Okay. I'm That's, disagreeing with you. There's, so. there's more to it than this. If you, if you don't pay the, let's say, I'm not paying that super speeder fee because that's just uh, just trying to generate revenue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't pay it, there's like a 90-day period where they allow you to pay it in, I, I, I think it's 90 days, a grace period. And they allow you to pay that $200 because they feel that that's sufficient time to, to be able to make that money to pay it. If you don't pay it, your license is suspended. Or, yeah, suspended. Suspended. And the, then when you reinstate and when you try to reinstate your license, when you try to apply for it, after you pay the $200 eventually, there's another $50 fee that they tack onto that. The reinstatement fee. The right? reinstatement fee. So it gets more expensive, so you're better off just paying it and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And the immediate question is one of motive. Mm-hmm. And let's now let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Of course, this does have a chance of reducing high-speed accidents. Of course. It, it does. Um, yeah. Because, you know, people like money and they like to have it and it all. It, we all get our feelings hurt a little when we have to let go of it. Of course. Or at least me. And um, So they call it a penalty. That's why they call it a penalty and not a reward. Yeah. And uh, there's another side to this, though. If we can paint a brief picture, um, as everybody knows, regardless of where you live, there has been a recent economic downturn, pretty rough in the United States, and it's left a lot of... Sp- state governments, even our federal government, in a lurch. And so a lot of people think that this kind of law is, this kind of imposition of fees is really meant just more as as a revenue stream for the government rather than a safety issue. And, you know, it's an interesting question because what's the one thing you, what's the one thing that's political suicide if you're a politician, Scott? Raising taxes. Raising taxes. Raising taxes. I'm shaking my head. I don't know where you're going at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few directions you could go with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so raising taxes. You think that uh, you think instead of raising taxes, they're doing this just to get money from a group of people that they know they can target right now who are the speed? Because we do drive quick. Sure. We do drive yeah. fast here. Um, so you're thinking that this is just a revenue generator. I'm, I'm saying that that's something we need to bring up because it is a possibility that people have talked about. Personally, I think it is fair to say it might be a two birds with one stone kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah. safer, but it is also it's, Well, it's expected to drop, actually, after the first year. They're going to make mm-hmm. a lot of money on this the first year. Mm-hmm. The next year, they're actually they're hoping that it goes down. And I, I say that, you know, I don't know. I, I'm cautious about saying that. But right. the idea is that next year, they will make less money on it, and the following year, less money on it, and the following year, less. Because people will finally get it driven through their head that, you know, that this is going to cost me. Mm-hmm. I can't continue to speed like this because it's costing me $500 a year, an extra four or $600 a year. Um, I don't know what that would do with your points or whatever. But, oh, yeah, um, it, it does. It does. I think it really dovetails well because yeah. that shows that there is there is a sincere motive. Yeah. I, I think that's fair to say. Well, I've got, I've got some crash statistics here. 
Um, from 2008, because, you know, they always do these things a year behind. So soon we'll get 2009 numbers. But um, the recent recent crash facts, um, or what this is called is the why behind the law. Okay. Um, this was right from the uh, from the site, the uh, superspeedergeorgia.org site. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that again later. But um, in two thousand, these are two thousand eight numbers again. And in two thousand eight, the number of speed fatalities—that is, where speed was a factor in the fatality in, in within Georgia's borders—three uh, hundred nine people died. Uh, just because of speed fatalities on on the road, um, the the total number of fatalities is something like fourteen hundred ninety three. So um, you can see that you know the speed the, the ones that speeding is attributed to mm-hmm. uh, three hundred nine. That's pretty significant. That that is not quite one a day here in Georgia mm-hmm. um, on average. So not a good average, really. Not, not, not a good average. Be known no. for. And hopefully they're they're going to try to bring that down. And by doing this, they're going to compare. The 2008 numbers, of course, the 2009 numbers will not have this data again, so it may be just as high as 2008. And then they're going to see if they can get that number to come down. It's sort of like um, the, the idea is, and I've heard this thrown around too, is that this will do for speeding what uh, what MAD did for drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully the MAD organizations and you know all those that have, that have reduced uh, the amount of drunk driving that's going on, because um, you know, those numbers have dropped significantly, I know. I don't and know to, those, me. to those unfamiliar, MAD is an acronym, which means Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't clarify no, no, that, no, no. but um, they're hoping that this will do the same thing, that it will just reduce year after year the number of people that are involved in these uh, these speed fatalities. And another point that proves the, that, I don't know, I won't say proves the sincerity, but is strong circumstantial evidence for it, uh, Scott, you know where this money's going? I do know where it's going. It's going It's going to a very good cause, actually, mm-hmm. and, and there's a good reason behind this as well. Um, all of the money that they, that they raised from this, and they're expecting, now from the, the press release, they've got a number that is a little lower than what I've heard. They're expecting that this first year in Georgia alone, remember, $200 at a time, yeah. they're expecting $23 million in increased revenue from this. I heard around there. I, I so think I'd heard twenty five or something. Yeah, I heard. I heard twenty five. I've heard as much as thirty or even thirty five million. Huh. Two hundred dollars at a time, um, and the money goes to um, uh, what does it go to? It goes to the, the Georgia Trauma. Yeah, the Georgia Trauma Centers or the the system, the Georgia Trauma System, and um, again, that's the people that end up taking care of the people that are in these accidents. And they said that as many as sixty percent of the trauma patients are caused by these speeding accidents, you know, the ones that are, end up in the hospital, uh, not just the fatalities that I mentioned before, of course, that there's, you know, those don't end up in the trauma. Well, maybe they do for a certain amount of time sure. until they pass away, but uh, the number of speed injuries mm-hmm. in Georgia was uh, a little more than 9,500 last 9, year. 9,500. In, in 2008 alone, 9,566 speed-related injuries, mm-hmm. and again, a lot of those end up in these trauma hospitals. So the speeders are now going to be paying for the care of the people that you know are, I guess, you know, injured by by the speeders, really. Right. Um, you know, the, the careless ones that are, are or by the practice. Of exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. 
because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Now let's let's throw that curb we were taking uh, we were talking about earlier because let's say I'm listening and I live in Virginia mm-hmm. I live in Montana I'm thinking hey guys like the show why are you telling me about this I don't even drive in Atlanta well here's the thing that uh, the thing is that it, you can be ticketed for the same thing if you're passing through Georgia mm-hmm. so and the Georgia is a, a tip is a pass through state I mean a lot of people coming headed down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Michigan, Minnesota, you know, wherever. They're headed sure. down here, Tennessee, Kentucky. They're headed down this way. They're going to pass right through Georgia to get to Florida. Uh, so a lot of people are going to get this, uh, get hit with this on their way to vacation or back from vacation. Here's probably the biggest reason, though. This is a test, and this, this test is something that they're going to be carefully observing in other states, and if it works, it's going to spread. It's going to pass to other states. Mm-hmm. So... If it works here in Georgia, which I assume it probably will, they'll, they'll gain a lot. Of, they're going to gain, you know, thirty million dollars in revenue is what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. What state do you think is not going to jump on that bandwagon and say, "Yeah, we, we you know, we don't need thirty million dollars in revenue. Let's just uh, let's just let our speeders slide on this one." I feel like that's a rhetorical question. Uh, it is, yeah, okay. because because <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna want that, um, you know, just sure. I, I hate to say it, but they're gonna want it for no other reason than just a, you know. To be able to gain that money, but and plus um, saving lives, and is it, also hopefully, hopefully, after a couple of years, they'll find out that this, this does save lives, and mm. that's the good reason that you know this will be passed. But um, 
a lot of people should be on the lookout for something like this coming their way because it uh, it just may happen. And depending upon how this situation in Georgia works out, perhaps uh, it is completely possible that another state, since this is a state law, another state could make a different fee. The fee is entirely arbitrary. Oh, yeah, exactly. It could it be as little as 50 extra dollars. It could be as much as 400 Yeah, Yeah, it could be 1000 It could be anything oh, that gosh, they... Yeah. It could be anything that they want to put on this, uh, on, mm-hmm. on the on the bill, on the act. So, um, yeah, just watch out for it. I mean, I don't mean to be a, a naysayer about this thing. I'm just no, saying no. that, you know, if it has potential to save lives, great. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's... If it's reducing speeding on the highways, mm-hmm. making people safer, that's that's wonderful. But um, I also see it as maybe, you know, a chance for, you know, state governments to make quite a bit of money, and I think that it's going to catch on. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously, it's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And uh, just to close out, to take it just a little bit bigger, international listeners, uh, 
don't don't think that, uh, especially if you live in Western Europe, don't make the mistake of thinking that none of your legislators are paying attention to this sort mm-hmm. of uh, this sort of lawmaking. Yeah, it may already be in place somewhere else that we just don't, sure, don't know. Sure, we're not sure. Yeah, this just happens to be the first state in the United States involved mm-hmm. in this, and um, like I said, it's a test, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know what else I'd like to see? What? Listener mail. Okay, Ben. Here we got one. Uh, just got one piece of listener mail today, right. and. Um, this is about. This goes back to ways. This goes back to our survival kit uh, discussion. Oh yes. About um, when was that? September. That was a while back. I think it was September. Anyways, Dan and Sarah actually wrote in about this. Dan wrote in, copied his girlfriend. Sarah mm-hmm. um, says that they were. They, they live in um, Boston. Yeah, because they, they said they went on a, their annual road trip from Boston to Quebec for skiing, and uh, they listened to the High Speed Stuff podcast on the way and. Introduce her to it. She loves it as well. Um, says that he was a Boy Scout, so he's always trying to be prepared. You know, like we've in that, right? Yeah. And he says, here's my question. He, he On the way, he drives through some very uh, uninhabitable, you know, sparsely populated areas along the way. And, uh, you know, so the, the, the need for the survival kit, which he takes, is, uh, is important. Uh, never had to use it, though, which is good. That's good. Um, but he does have a question. He says, we bring water and other beverages, but remove them when they're in Quebec, and they don't have to leave them in the car all winter because they, cause they'll freeze. Yes. So that's one thing that we had mentioned is that you, you bring water with you on the on the trip. What do you do when you're dealing with these Arctic or subarctic temperatures? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, how do you keep it from freezing up? And because, you know, you put it in a bottle or something, it's going to expand and blow the top off the bottle or, you yeah. know, out the bottle, the sides of the bottle, and make a mess. Um, it says it's easy to do on a road trip. That's fine. You know, a short trip, and you can take it out and you know, keep it warm. But what do you do for a car survival kit where you have to leave it in the car all winter long? Um, so I thought that was a good question. Do you have any? Question. Do you have any uh, any shot at this? Because I got a couple of uh, just marginal. Yeah, a couple ideas. of ideas. Okay. Well, I don't want to steal any of your ideas because no? I'm just speculating here. Uh, my friends who live in the north. In their car survival kits, they often have some sort of heating element, Mm. which we've talked about before. And when it sounds like this is a two-part question, it sounds like the first part is how to store it practically. Yes. And it sounds like the second part of the question is how to then get it into a usable form, Mm because it probably will freeze. Yeah. And uh, so it seems like the easiest answer is... A heating element, but also that's probably not the most practical. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think, Scott? Well, a heating element, that's part of your kit already to begin with because right. you've got a candle and match and mm-hmm. uh, you know, something like that, some, you know, road flare or whatever, mm-hmm. something you could burn, um, you know, heat in a cup or heat in a can or whatever they call yeah, that yeah. stuff, that sterno heat. Yeah. Um, so if that's possible and if there's snow available, you can melt snow right. and, uh, and make drinking water that way. Um, if there's no snow available and it's really, really cold, uh, just drink pure alcohol and nothing else because that won't freeze. That's, that's no, <laughs> that's not my answer. That's not my answer. That's terrible advice. No, don't drink, don't drink alcohol. That's a bad idea. But it wouldn't freeze. So yeah. just take that. Whenever. Now, here's my <laughs> – this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, okay? Is and it going to sound no, ridiculous? No, it's going to – it is going to sound ridiculous. It's going to be uh, – 
It's very marginal advice, okay? All right, let's so, do it. So with that understood, and remember, you're only talking about just surviving at this point. It's just getting, it's not, I don't care about nutritional value at this point. Right. There's Now there's packs of water that we learned about. Yes. Packs of water would work. Mm-hmm. You could have them in packs of water, and that wouldn't freeze to the point where it would blow out the pack. Right, when they freeze, but the bag would just expand a the bit. Ba- the bag would be a solid block of ice, though, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not great to chew on a block of ice, but you would be able to get water from that. Yes. Okay. Because I think in a, in a, I'll get around to it here, don't worry, but I think if you brought it in, let's say a, a two-liter bottle or something, or a gallon jug, let's say you bring a gallon jug, jug, it's frozen solid, it's got that little nozzle at the top, you know, that little uh, cap, yeah. you're not going to get anything out of that until you melt it, right? Right. And that's the problem, is trying to melt it and get it out. <laughs> Here's my martial advice. Right. Not only the packets of water, which would work, because you could still open the packet and it would expose the entire thing, you could eat that and survive, I guess. I didn't think about this for very long, as you'll, as you'll notice. You know those flavor ice popsicle things? Yeah. You know, they, they clear plastic and they're they're real narrow. Yeah. But they're flavored. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. strawberry, whatever, fruit juice sometimes. Yeah. I can't even believe I'm saying this as, like an, as an example. But you could, if you wanted to, just throw a couple of those in the pack. Not only does it have sugar, you know, that mm-hmm. you'd probably need to keep your energy up, you know, calories, just intake. Um, it's also... Probably mostly water, if I had to guess, right? Yeah, probably. It's like mostly water. It's enough, to keep you, it's enough to keep you alive, right? Right. If they could freeze and it wouldn't expand to the point where it would blow past that, that expansion. You know, they're, they're meant to be frozen, so it's not going to explode in the back in your, uh-huh. your kit and get everything else wet. You know, matches, whatever you might yeah. have in there, uh, batteries. Um, so it would be safe to keep these in there. You could keep them year-round if you wanted to. I, I'm sure there's probably a limit on that time. Sure. But you could drink them if they're not frozen. You could dr- you could eat them if they are frozen, and you're able to get to them. Okay. It's yeah. a it's a terrible. I know it's a terrible solution. It probably is is awful, and I know that you know that's not that's not the greatest, but it's something. Well, you know what? It's not it's not the worst. I think you're beating yourself up a little here, Scott. It depends on what kind you get, because there are some that have a sweetener, high fructose corn syrup, and then there's some that have cane sugar, and you probably want the ones <laughs> you probably want the ones with sugar, honestly. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, then you know we're assuming that whoever has done this has already been a good boy or girl scout and had some other form of non-perishable food. Yeah, I mean, food. of course you want to have water, and you need mm-hmm. plenty of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying in a pinch, mm-hmm. something like that, if you had a dozen of those in the back, yeah. what harm does it? I mean, it takes up very little space. They, they, they're very, very small. Um, at least that's something that, you know, if you if you have the hope of within, you know, a day being out of there, you can throw it in a backpack and take it with you. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy, but it's it's a fluid. Mm-hmm. It's mostly water. It's non-alcoholic. It's non-alcoholic. And you don't have to worry about, you know, it exploding and, you know, losing your source of, of fluid. Right. Um, I don't know. It seems... It's well, kind so of a crazy it, idea, but I think it may actually work. And if yeah. they made water in tubes like that, they do make packets. Mm-hmm. But it would be the same idea. You could eat the water like you would a popsicle, mm-hmm. and you get the same benefits from that. So um, maybe the packets are a good idea, but those are large. You know, they're bigger. Right. And then some biking, some uh, biker equipment, yeah. like bicyclist equipment or cyclists, excuse me. Um, we're going to get some emails for that one. Uh, some cyclists uh, do have these almost like fanny pack lower back things that uh, contain um, contain water in a way that can also keep it cool. And so I think that that kind of container might be good a good resource. It sounds like what we're what we're saying, Dan and Sarah as well, is um, it sounds like what what we're trying to get at is uh, it's okay for the water to freeze ultimately because yeah. if you're talking about survival, 
you can still, you won't be able to drink it quickly, but if you can somehow get a heating element in there and somehow get a container that won't go nuts on you, then, then it, it might well, be in your best a, interest. if you have a plastic container like a gallon jug, you're not going to be able to put that on a fire, though. Right. So you need to be able to get that. See, that's a problem. If you have a gallon yeah. jug and it's frozen solid, you How get a black about it. Yeah. So what I, oh, you know what I would do? What? I would cut away the container, and I would use my Snoopy snow cone machine, and I would make snow cones for everybody inside. Yeah. And that way you could... I'm just kidding. You can't carry a Snoopy snow cone. Dude, I was about to high-five you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you carry a Snoopy snow cone maker with you everywhere you go in the wintertime? Um, obviously, you've been looking through my backpack. So, anyways, that's about as crazy as my <laughs> yeah. uh, as my flavor ice popsicle thing. But um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think yeah. Of just take it in a container that you can heat it in. Well, you know what? The, the packets would work. The packets, packets would work because they're foil. Yeah, they're expensive, but um, yeah. again, they have a longer life sh- or shelf life rather um, than bottled water does too. So, um, you know, double bam. Yeah, double bam. Yeah. And on that note. Uh, any listeners out there, if you guys have some ideas that could help out Dan and Sarah with keeping the water from freezing in your survival kit. Better ideas than flavorized popsicles. Or or, or even more off the wall. We, we'd love to hear from you. And our email address, as always, is... HighSpeedStuff at HowStuffWorks.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com And be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility viking committed to exploring the world in comfort journey through the heart of europe on an elegant viking longship with thoughtful service cultural enrichment and all-inclusive fares discover more at viking.com it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.